This is Bucks First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. What possible reason could there be if the goal is unity, if the goal is getting past a difficult period for this country, which is what we're told the Democrats want? What possible reason could there be for extending a post presidency impeachment? Now, we're going to answer this question, but let's start with the question, because it's very important to know what we are really dealing with here, because they're going to tell you this is all about country first. They're going to tell you this is about protecting our republic. But what's really going on? Donald Trump, in a matter of hours now, will no longer be president of the United States. The movers have been showing up. The boxes are being filled. He's on the way out. And yet. We not only have Democrats, but even some Republicans now who are saying they are supportive of this idea. Just start with the constitutionality of this. How can you have somebody who's no longer president presenting a defense of why they should be able to maintain their position as president, which is what impeachment and removal is all about? It's not a criminal process. So how can they do that? And why would we think I mean, the Constitution doesn't declare this, but uh, doesn't decide this one way or the other. But why would we believe that this is in any way helpful? I think we all understand that it is most certainly not, but it's helpful to Democrats. It's helpful to some Republicans, too. Why do they want to get rid of Trump after he's already gone? Because they want to prevent him from coming back. That's one part of it. There are there are multiple layers here, but they want to make sure that Donald Trump can't run for office again because they are unwilling to accept a future of Trump in office for four more years. Now, this should be a, an entirely political question, meaning it should be decided by the voters. Right now, it's anybody's guess as to whether Trump would even try to run in 2024. It's anyone's guess as to whether the president would have a shot in the in the primary. Who knows? I don't know. That's years away. Some people might think he's a he's a shoe in. Some people might say he's got no shot. But this should be decided as a question put to the voters, because ultimately that's really what this is about. They pretend that Trump broke the law. They pretend that there's some violation of statute here leading to an insurrection, but that would never stand up in court. And we all know it. If you can be held accountable for telling people to do something peaceful and then they don't do what you say, then words have no meaning. Then words are just things that we pretend have meaning until we want them to mean something else. And that can't be the future. That can't be the way we go as a country. So why are they pushing this? Well, they have some Republicans who are on board. They have Republicans who are angry, including Mitch McConnell and others who are angry about what has happened here because they view this entire fiasco of the post-2020 election Trump presidency as a catastrophe. And look, it was not handled well. And any, anybody who's saying otherwise here right now is pandering. They're not telling you the truth. This whole post-election fight about, about the votes and about you know the, the whole hashtag stop the steal and all this stuff, there were people on our own side who were not telling the truth. They were lying to us. We need to understand that. And I think that, unfortunately, 
there was so much benefit for some people to be on the Trump train that they would say whatever they had to say to keep it going. Got to get those those donor dollars flowing. Got to make sure that, you know, you could throw the the big Trump parties, you know, and raise lots of money and all this stuff. Some people wanted to continue that at the expense of whatever it is that they had to say. But that's a far cry from this is a, a clear and present danger to the United States and that the president has to be barred from office forever. And let's also be very clear, even if they succeeded in this, I think it's quite likely you're going to have a member of the Trump family running in four years. And that person could be very formidable. And Donald Trump would be a senior advisor. You know, they might even if they were to go forward with this impeachment trial post presidency. Think about this. They've already impeached the guy. They rammed that through. They rushed that through. Now they're waiting till he's no longer in office to determine if he can never hold office again. So there's no real way to get rid of the president entirely from the political scene, even if they were to go through with this. But then think of the consequences for the GOP. What was the if you had to pick one thing that Trump was willing to do that was a game changer for so many voters, if there was one part of Trumpism that you'd say, I I want us to keep that, I think it would be that this guy won't back down. Now, maybe there were some times when he would have been better served to back down a little bit on an issue and come back and fight another day. I mean, you know, it wasn't perfect, but overall, his attitude was he was going to fight back. And in politics in this country, we felt like the left had been just getting away with running around, slamming their opponents constantly. The media engaged in all kinds of partisan nonsense. And we didn't really have a we didn't really have a champion. There wasn't somebody on the right who would go toe to toe with them. You know, Ted Cruz would try sometimes a very smart guy. There are other people on the right who would do their best to make the case. I'm not saying that this was only Trump, but they tried to get Trump to bend the knee and he wouldn't. They tried to get Trump to back off issues like trade with China, like the border where he was right. And he didn't. And he stared the consensus in the face and was willing to say things that you weren't allowed to say. And there was a tremendous freedom in that. There was a, 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 a release of all this, this pent-up rage at authoritarianism that had, that had been growing in this country because there are, so, there are so many things you're not allowed to say. You can't make jokes anymore. You can't, you can't say anything anymore, right? The left gets to determine all the boundaries of speech. They'll come after your job. They'll deplatform you. Soon they'll be coming after your ability to use the bank. They'll be coming after your ability to rent a home. I mean, they're just they, they go all out. They want absolute control of society and of your life. And Trump seemed to be one individual who not only was willing to stand up and say that's wrong, but that they couldn't break. They threw everything they had. Russia collusion said that he was had, had sexually assaulted women in the oh dozens of women. You'll never really hear about any one particular case with Trump because it was all about the numbers. Right. And, and they, they tried that. They, they tried to Kavanaugh him. And they've they said that the 25th Amendment, they threw all this stuff at him. And he just kept on coming. Saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to bend the knee. I'm not going to give up. I'm not done. And that drew that drove them crazy. That drove them insane. What would it mean if the GOP, not only the Democrats, because because, of course, they'll do anything. But if the GOP at this stage said, you know what, you're right, 
we're going to help you put an end to Trumpism for, forever. We're going to help the Democrats. We're going to reward them for four years of lies, of just the most uh, vicious conspiracy theory, uh, theorizing about Ru- Russia collusion was a conspiracy theory. You know, we've got some conspiracy theories on the right that are getting way too much, o- way too much oxygen as well. But Russia collusion was a conspiracy theory that was central to the Democrat Party. It was not fringe. It was believed by a vast majority of Democrats, by the entirety of the mainstream media. They were all in on Russia collusion. It was a lie. Because they couldn't accept a Trump presidency as it was. They couldn't judge it by the merits. So they decided to concoct a fanciful story that allowed them to, in their minds, nullify every every legitimacy, every aspect of of Trump's legitimacy in office. And so now here we are. They want to achieve in the last days what they couldn't achieve in four years. Why would we reward them for that? I do not believe the president of the United States incited a riot. It, it is counter. It would be uh, counterproductive for his own political purposes. And I do think that he knows that that's just unacceptable, that it's immoral. I think that the, the rhetoric around the election and around the disparity in the votes uh, got beyond where the facts were and that people weren't being honest. I think that's true as well. But. The Democrats lied about the 2016 election for four years, including all of the candidates, including Biden and Harris themselves running around with the Russia talking points. So I'm sorry, we're not going to have this double standard where we have to punish our own, but they get all the benefits of using the lies of weaponizing these fairy tales. We don't have to go along with that at a minimum. Maybe they can force it down our throats. Maybe they can not ask us or demand that we bend the knee, but actually shove our shoulders down and plant our knee in the ground. Maybe they can do that, but we don't have to say, sure, we'll do it for you. Step aside. I'll make it easy for you. And that's what the GOP would be doing by impeaching and removing after office, or at least banning from office, I should say. Removing from future office is really what they would be doing, Donald Trump. And when you see what they're doing with the inauguration and the way they're preparing uh, for this swearing in of Biden and Harris. The talk of unity that we've heard is in bad faith, and that's really discouraging. You're in the Freedom Hut. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest from Buck at BuckSexton.com. Donald Trump remains a threat to our democracy and will be held accountable for what he's done whether or not he's president during the trial. At the same time, the Senate's work on behalf of the American people will not be deterred. The nation's facing unprecedented challenges, the greatest economic crisis in 75 years since the Great Depression, the greatest public health crisis in a century since the Spanish pandemic flu, the climate crisis, income inequality, racial injustice, the Senate Democratic majority along with President-elect Biden and our House colleagues, is committed to delivering the bold change our country demands and the help that our people need. Never let a crisis go to waste. You know, that's what the Democrats believe. They deepened this crisis. They made everything worse with the pandemic. That's what the actual facts and data tell us. Oh, yes, those lockdowns, those those wonderful lockdowns that saved so many lives. Really? Because look at what happens when you don't lock down 
in Florida versus when you do in California. A lot of lives saved, they want to tell us. Sorry, I don't believe it. But they've made these crises worse. And you even heard in Chuck Schumer's own own words there, they are expanding the crisis or crises. Yes, we have a financial crisis. We have an economic one. We have a pandemic, the worst in 100 years. But we have a climate crisis and an inequality crisis and a racial injustice crisis. Oh, it's everything is going to be a crisis. And all of a sudden you'll hear Democrats that have control in the House and the Senate and the presidency saying, now, 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 we have to go, move. No time to talk, no time to discuss. And we will see what the end results of this are. You're getting a hint of it, I think, with the already caravans of people making their way to our southern border. Thousands upon thousands of them. And under on what basis are Democrats going to say that they can't stay? They, they always tell us that it, it, all immigration, including illegal immigration, just makes America better, wealthier, safer. Everything is better. Right. Well, then why wouldn't we want more? Because uh, there are even some Democrats who recognize that completely unrestricted immigration is the end of a nation. You no longer have a country at some point when you have people that can come and go as they please and have no allegiance to the actual nation because they don't. They, they don't have to abide by its laws. There are, there are no laws that really bind them about coming and going and where they're supposed to have national loyalty. But first, on the on Schumer saying they're going to hold Trump accountable for this, uh, the accountability was the election. The accountability was that Donald Trump is not getting four more years in office, which I, I think is a shame for the country. And I wish we could have done something better i mean i i do think that this is at some level there's there's a failure of conservative media here i i I think that we need to be honest about that way too much time uh spent you know chasing chasing into these rabbit holes on on the hunter biden stuff and 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 i i don't think that that was going to make a difference we seeded the narrative on covid lockdowns And we didn't push the GOP to do enough while Trump was in office to help people. With, you know, the the checks should have gotten done. We should have made it uh, very clear that Nancy Pelosi stood in the way. Anyway, um, I've got look, I've got frustrations just like you do. But I also feel an obligation to speak to you as clearly and honestly as I can about what's coming. I mean, this I I said it's going to be a tough week at the beginning of the uh, week where there was the vote, I mean, the Electoral College vote. Uh, counting in the Congress and, of course, the riot and everything else and the losses in Georgia, those two Georgia Senate seats that we lost. That was a tough week. This is not going to be a fun week either. This is going to be a tough week. And and I think that we all have to get ready for that. Um, I'm very concerned at the at the kind of things that Democrats are now saying, the kind of rhetoric Democrats are now using to describe uh, Republicans because they're they're not they're intentionally not limiting it to individuals who really transgressed, broke the law, uh, crossed the line. They're, they're saying this is true about about everybody, that you're all complicit. If you voted for Trump, you're complicit in this. Have you ever heard us say, you know, with with Antifa and with BLM and with the assassination of cops and the attempted murder of members of Congress by a Bernie Sanders supporter? Have we ever said, you know. They're all responsible for it. everyone who's ever voted Democrat, because, no, that's crazy. That's unfair. They're moving toward that right now, and they're not just doing it in rhetorical terms. They're going to use this as the basis. They're going to use this as the excuse for taking action. They're going to take action against people um, who 
fall under this very, very broad, very sweeping umbrella of, oh, you are part of the problem here. You are somehow ideologically tied to the Capitol Hill rioters. And I knew they would do this. I knew the left would exploit it, which is one of the reasons why I was one of many reasons why I was so angry when I saw what was happening, because uh, the people that are going around now saying, oh, but it wasn't really, you know, it, it, it wasn't quite what they said it was. The Democrats are exaggerating it. It was bad, but it wasn't the, the Democrats don't care. They're going to use this as much as they can. The, the Democrats convinced themselves that Carter Page was somehow a special Russian Russian asset working with Putin to steal the 2016 election. And anyone who's spoken to Carter Page for three minutes knows this is the most absurd thing that that has ever been uttered. They all convinced themselves of this, though. You think we're going to be able to reason with them now on, yes, the Capitol Hill riot was was bad, but it's not representative of Republicans or Trump supporters. And it also was not a coup. Do do you think we'll be able to convince them of that? No, no, we will not. So we we can try. We can uh, we can fight back with the truth as much as we can. But they are. They are preparing uh, to be very aggressive over these things. They are deplatforming. They are uh, they are doxing. They are finding people. They they want to make a lot of examples, and they want very lengthy prison sentences, even for people that didn't engage in actual violence. Right? There's if you're part of a mob and you run into a building, and you don't destroy any property and you don't attack anyone, you're you shouldn't be there and you're trespassing and you and you're part of a of an illegal event, but they're going to try to get people sent away for 10 or 15 years in federal prison for that. That's what the Democrats are are angling for. Um, And that's that's not justice. You hit a cop, you destroy property. You know, you got to you got to pay a heavy price. But you you walk into a building and you're trespassing. You need to be criminally prosecuted. But I I don't think when you see uh, this is just a prediction. When you see the sentences they're going to want for everybody involved in that, it's going to blow your mind because they're going to send it. They're going to send a signal to everybody. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. As a Muslim, I'm the last person to want to exaggerate or fearmonger about the threat from terrorism. But I have to say the threat from the kind of far-right domestic extremists who overran the capital, killing a police officer, injuring dozens of others while perhaps trying to execute our elected leaders... That threat is something that genuinely scares me, something that should worry us all. The threat to our democracy and our quote-unquote way of life is much more serious and real now than it was even after September the 11th, 2001. And don't get me wrong, 9-11 was a horrific mass casualty attack of a kind unique in modern history. 3,000 people killed in a single morning. But in my view, Al-Qaeda after 9-11 was not as much of a threat to us, did not have the kind of advantages or strengths even that this domestic movement of Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and militiamen and neo-Nazis and QAnon types, what I would call MAGA terrorists, that they have right now. They're much more dangerous and they're harder to defeat. More dangerous than Al-Qaeda. That's what they're saying. That's right. People on the right more da- more dangerous than Al Qaeda. You had I-, I still can't get an answer. Is the one police officer was killed by being hit with a fire extinguisher? Okay, that's that's murder, and there should be there should be criminal consequences for anybody involved. The other officers I still haven't found anywhere. They're saying that there are other officers who were killed. How? What happened? I I can't find it anywhere. I keep asking, keep looking. 
but 3,000 people uh, either incinerated or buried alive in one day and, and comparing that to a riot where, where a, 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 a cop was killed you know, by, by violence and other cops died by reasons I'm still trying to figure out what happened. To compare these things and to, and to come out and say that the right is worse. Now, you can, this guy, uh, Mehdi Hassan, you could say, okay, this is just one. Uh, yeah, another guy wants to be on TV and say outlandish stuff. And another, dem- they believe this. The Democrats believe this. This is mainstream thinking for them right now. This is not, this is not a one-off situation. Andrew McCabe who, man, this, this is a vicious, vindictive, bitter government official. They're, they're, you should be terrified by people like that. You know, in a different era, Andy McCabe would have been sending people off to the gulag for the most minor offenses because that was his job. And he would send you there even longer if you protested that you were innocent because it didn't matter that you were innocent. He's there to do his job, which is to send you. One after another, the crushing machinery of the gulag. McCabe is, the, is somebody who has that mentality. In a different era, he would be the kind of guy who would just send people. He doesn't care. I would be very curious to see how many people he, in his FBI career, uh, put away for a long time for offenses that prominent Democrats, they, they get no jail time for. Curious to see that for sure. But Andrew McCabe here uh, talking about Trump supporters. And he, he says Trump supporters um, and how they're similar to the radicals who join ISIS. Play eight. When we looked at those Americans who traveled to Syria for the purpose of joining the Islamic State, when you put all those faces and names down in one place, you had doctors, lawyers, you had people who were um, who were Muslim their entire life and some people who had just converted only months earlier. You had rich people, you had poor people, men, women of every ethnic variety. So I think that's actually common to extremist groups. Some people are very vulnerable to and drawn into that, um, that core lie of any extremist movement. And that is exactly what we're seeing now with these, this particular group of Trump supporters. Yep. Trump supporters, just like, just like ISIS, just like those who have joined ISIS in the past. Yeah, because ISIS were, you know, when they were doing direct action or when they were engaged in in their militant activities, they were just showing up places and, and uh, you know, taking selfies. Some of them. No, that's not what happened. Um, but this is this is the narrative. This is the narrative. Trump supporters are now ISIS. They, they say they say that they want unity. They want to bring us all together. Meanwhile, they're they're also likening us to people who um enslave and mutilate women on a massive scale who cut off people's heads who engage in torture who do i mean the most horrible things imaginable but we're we're like them or or we're worse than al-qaeda you heard that guy we're worse than al-qaeda does, does he have any any familiarity with the kind of things al-qaeda was willing to do does he does he remember the uh, al-qaeda attacks and well, it's not just bombs they did all kinds of horrific stuff mutilating people on video we are like we're worse than that. I'm sorry. We're we're Trump supporters. So we're worse than that. This is what's being said on TV. I know that some people want to dismiss this as just the the ravings of attention starved and power mad uh, left wing talking heads. 
But this is now the discourse. This is where we are. And it was already going to be nasty when there was the transition of power, but we have to be prepared for the fact that it's about to be a whole lot worse. They're going to leverage this to silence. They're going to leverage this to uh, settle scores. And, and this is also why they're, they're going with the most extreme measures possible. I've never seen anything like this. No one has. They're now vetting National Guardsmen for pro-Trump far-right sympathies or something. They're treating the National Guard like there are, uh, there are QAnon infiltrators. And, and they're saying openly, I mean, this, this is being reported on, that they think that that poses a threat to the lives of the new administration. I mean, this is horrible, horrible stuff. And, you know, it's it's meant to ratchet up, ratchet up the tension, ratchet up the the rage that the left feels against the right, because I'm telling you they're we're, we're being told right now, oh, the Biden administration is going to be. Um, it's going to be relatively, you know, center left. And Joe Biden's been in the game a long time. Biden's not the one really calling the shots. We just went through a year in 2020 of unprecedented abuse of government authority in my lifetime. Unprecedented. Your business is shut down. You can't see people. You can't go places. You have to you have to constrict your breathing. You're not allowed to breathe normally inside, outside, not allowed because we say so. That's the year we just went through. You, you think that Democrats are all of a sudden have discovered their their inner libertarian? You think that they want to allow people greater freedom and and less of these uh, horrific authoritarian moves? No, of course not. They have been handed the keys to a, a full on authoritarian society if they if they push hard enough. Oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. You can't do this. We, we got to spend the money on this thing and we're going to lock you down there and you can't operate this business. You know, only clean energy because there's a climate crisis. Don't you know? They believe this stuff. They believe it. What we really need to establish in this country is is some kind of coalition of the reasonable and the decent. And, you know, any any anyone from any side of the aisle wants to come together and say, look, America's a great country. We're We're still incredibly uh, wealthy and and we we have lots of freedom if we are willing to defend it if we're willing to insist that that's what the constitution grants us you know there's there's a lot to be positive about in this country and it doesn't all have to come down to you know whether you put pronouns in your bio for no reason we, we don't have to have this this hyper tribalism you know ultimately we should want the same thing you know we want our kids to be safe and to go to good schools and you know we want you know we want low crime. We want high prosperity. We want, you know, freedom to pursue one's destiny. There are some areas where we have just a, a human and American commonality, but the, there's no focus on that right now whatsoever. No, they're, they're turning the screws even tighter on, on the machinery of separation. And it's very troubling because they're maligning people. And they're also, by maligning everyone, they elevate the true radicals and true extremists. You know, I, I don't know where all of a sudden, and I, I had always ignored this, people had reached out to me even and said in, in past years, what do you think of Q? 
you know, people that I knew a little bit in, in private life. They said, what do you think of Q? And my response was honestly always, I don't even, I don't really know what you're talking about. What, what is that? And occasionally somebody would say something about, you know, the a, a pedophile ring in the government or something. And I'd say, well, look, there's the Epstein pedophile ring that does have ties to the very top of the government. But this other thing that you're talking about with this Q stuff, I've, this just sounds crazy to me. This just sounds, this just sounds like, uh, you know, space aliens. This is like the stuff that appears in the tabloids in the markets, uh, I mean, supermarkets when I was a kid growing up. They don't really do it anymore, but, you know. Space aliens land in Arizona, give birth to, you know, the devil. I mean, there's crazy stuff. We're being told now that there are some people who actually believe this, which is which is troubling. Um, but I would also remind anybody on the left that's going to sneer at conspiracies in general. Russia collusion was a conspiracy and it was a lie and it was just it was just outright falsehoods and it dominated News and political discourse in this country dominated. I mean, this was all we talked about for three years, basically, in the news cycle, at least at CNN and MSNBC was Russia collusion. And now they're acting like, oh, there's nothing there. No, no big deal. Um, and, and if you want to talk about hysteria, the belief that we are in a climate emergency and that humanity could go extinct because um, of climate change issues. And so we have to take dramatic action right now. I mean, that's crazy. I don't care how many scientists they have. It's like the same the same thing where they'll say, oh, the, the scientific consensus. Really? Go back and look at the projections for how much uh, how much we would control the virus if we if we masked up back in, let's say, May of 2020. And then look at what happened, even though we masked up the rest of the year. And then you can tell me about how the scientific consensus cannot be questioned. Uh, it, it's it's appalling. It's it's absurd how wrong people have been. But there are folks out there who really believe that. And if it's about saving humanity from climate change, what is not permissible? You know, I think it's uh, Dostoevsky, one of his characters. If God is dead, anything is permissible. If climate change will kill all of us, isn't anything permissible to stop it? That's that's the future we're heading toward with this Democrat left party. They're, they, they keep pointing out, oh, look at all the crazy people on the right. Mainstream Democrat talking points are bonkers. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What do you do about people who are in the government who don't believe in our way of government? It is so shocking. Not only do, are they not conceding, Bill, but there's thoughts that there might have been some collusion among members of Congress. Some are refusing to yeah. go through magnometers or whatever you call yeah. them to, to check for weapons. They're not wearing masks during the siege. I mean, it's really bizarre, isn't it, when you think about how AWOL so many of these members of Congress have gotten. But I also think some of them are believing the garbage that they are being fed 24-7 on the internet, by their constituents, and yeah. they bought into this big lie. And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? Katie Couric, somebody that you hopefully haven't had to hear from in a long time, because who gives a crap what Katie Couric thinks about anything? But notice that the way that the, the just sneering condescension about people being fed all this stuff on the internet the mainstream, the corporate media of which Katie Couric was in sort of a baffling fashion, a, a centerpiece for a while based on nothing. I mean, the, the right corporate executives liking her. They 
forwarded a narrative of Russia collusion for years. They were lying about Russia collusion for years. The president of the United States was a Russian asset, a Manchurian candidate for the Kremlin. That was mainstream night after night after night after night. And they think that that didn't affect the overall political climate and trust in this country. They think that that didn't play a role in helping perhaps to radicalize some people on the right who say they're going to they're going to say this about Trump. I'm going to say some crazy stuff about them or I'm going to believe crazy stuff about them. So this belief that they're forwarding that this is only somehow a, a conservative issue. I mean, this is just it, it is the greatest campaign of gaslighting I've ever seen in my life. It is the most massive gaslighting imaginable. Um, and, and they're they're going with it. And it's not just because they like to say nasty stuff about us. They're going to leverage this. This is all the, the preamble. This this is the preview, if you will, of what's going to happen when they're going to increase uh, they're, they're going to increase the pressure from the government that they're going to control on all uh, Trump's words here. Here's a, 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 a Democrat talking about what the FBI needs to do. Play seven. Well, the recriminations are flying, Joe. I mean, you've got the Capitol Police saying they wanted some support, but those were denied by the sergeant at arms offices. You've got the National Guard folks saying they offered to support the January 6th events and the Capitol Police denied it. But I think the reality is, is that what you're seeing, all this activity by the FBI, by law enforcement to go after and arrest people, that's all great. But that's all right of the boom. And in intelligence, you really want to be left of the boom. You want to be way out ahead of the events. And I think we're going to have to reset our entire uh, intelligence approach to these uh, white supremacist militias, these dangerous uh, ultra-nationalist organizations. I think we're going to have to look at a greater surveillance of them. Uh, the FBI is going to have to run confidential sources. We're going to have to penetrate these plots long before they present a violent threat to our democracy if we want to have any hope of uh, stopping these in the future. Mass surveillance of Americans based on political ideology. Treating the far right in this country as a bigger threat than Al Qaeda, as something that could uh, fracture the country at any moment. That was that guy was chief of staff at the CIA and the Department of Defense under Barack Obama. So this guy is a super swamp creature. And he's saying, oh, yeah, let's let's use let's use the intelligence apparatus now. Let's use the FBI and whatever surveillance capacities that we can to monitor Americans. Oh, yeah. You, th you think that's going to be you think that's going to be applied fairly? They got a FISA warrant on Carter Page, for God's sakes. You think that they're going to use this judiciously? No, it's just all one big excuse, one big open door to abusing their authority for reprisals against their perceived political enemies. And even more importantly, for the massive chilling effect that it has on any opposition to the Biden agenda. That's what they're trying to do. That's what they hope to accomplish with this. This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our friend John Cardillo is going to shed some wisdom on all the things happening right now in America. He is formerly of the NYPD, conservative commentator, TV host, and uh, man about town. Mr. Cardillo, good to have you back. Always good to be with you, Buck. What do you make of vetting National Guard for 
pro-Trump sympathies in an environment where D.C. does start to look now like uh, like the outskirts of the green zone in Baghdad, something I'm familiar with, and where we're being told that there's a an insider threat based on what I'd like to know. But what do you make of all this? Uh, It's theater of the absurd, right? I mean, look, first of all, it's an insult to our troops. I I would imagine many of those National Guardsmen, National Guardswomen have been deployed. They've served this nation. They've put their lives at risk. And to have the Democrats insinuate that they would pose a physical threat to an incoming president of the United States is disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. And now there's some more imagery that all of them, there's around 25,000 of them, were sworn in by the chief uh, court-martial of the district court, I believe it's the court-martial, the U.S. Marshal Service put this out on their Twitter, uh, their official Twitter account. So we know what happened. So essentially what's happening is now the U.S. Marshal Service is deputizing these 25,000 National Guards troops to be what's really going to come down to be security guards. Why? Well, there's really no reason, right? It gives them federal law enforcement powers of arrest in a very limited scope. But I believe what's really happening here is what I said earlier, theater of the absurd. This is to paint everyone on the right, anybody that's not an unwavering Joe Biden supporter, an unwavering Democrat, as a potential domestic terrorist, and to imply that we, me, you, everybody else on the right, are so dangerous, we pose such a threat to the D.C. elites that National Guard troops have to be federally deputized as law enforcement. This is disgusting, Buck, but I'm going to call out who needs to be called out here. Shame on Donald Trump and shame on his United States Marshal Service for doing this. Because right now, as we sit here, Donald Trump is still the commander in chief. He can order those troops out. It looks like the green zone in Baghdad. It looks like East Berlin, 1971. It is disgusting that the capital of the beacon of freedom around the world, the United States of America, looks like that. Donald Trump is in control of all this, of the military and of federal law enforcement. He can put an end to it. And I'm sorry, but he needs to be called out. He's allowing his supporters to be painted as reprehensible domestic terrorists, which they are not. And, John, they're openly saying on national cable news channels and and major you know, left wing news sites that that conservatives or, or Trump voters are now a bigger threat than al Qaeda after 9-11 yeah. i mean th- that's what that's the rhetoric that's being used i think people need to understand this this is crazy but they i think a lot of democrats believe this they believe john that trump was a russian asset for vladimir putin they can believe and will believe anything that they're told yeah look i think it's i think you're right most democrats if not all democrats believe it buck with the, with an exception of a few, I have a couple of good friends who live in New York City who are Democrats who actually voted for Trump because they realize how bizarrely insane and out of touch their party is. But more disturbingly, the establishment Republicans believe this. Too many establishment Republicans. I don't like the rhetoric coming out of guys like Ben Sass and and the Liz Cheney, for example. She's the leader of of, of the the House Republican. Give me a break with this nonsense. Too many Republican establishment Republicans who love Democrats. They love the power Democrats wield and that Democrats show them how to be a D.C. elite and hold power. Too many of them believe it. But, you know, you know, the bigger problem here, Buck, we need a sea change in the Republican Party. We need real America first people, hardcore conservatives, because when Democrats get power, you and I have spoken about this many times on and off air. When Democrats get power, they know how to weaponize it, how to actionize it, how to consolidate it and how to hold on to it. 
when Republicans get power, they, they talk about 2% tax cuts that never materialize and admonish other Republicans for being mean to Democrats. Something needs to change or this nation's doomed. What do you think? And we're speaking to John Cardillo, formerly of the NYPD, conservative commentator, TV and radio host. John, what is the tr- what does Trump do now? I mean, I know he's leaving office, but I mean, what is the future for him? Well, look, I, I mean, I think he's going to inevitably start a pack, right? I mean, it'd be crazy if he didn't. He's going to raise a lot of money, even if it's small dollar donations, because there are still tens of millions of Americans who rightfully believe, I think, that the election was... Look, let me say this, because I've never been a conspiratorial guy. It's not one mathematical metric that says Biden shouldn't have won. It's 10 or 15 of them. Everything from Trump picking up more votes to Biden winning more votes than Obama ever did, ever did to the inexplicable inaction from Georgia officials, Michigan officials, Pennsylvania Republicans, Wisconsin Republicans, too many coincidences. So a lot of people don't believe Joe Biden was legitimately elected. And I don't think we can make the determination whether he was or not, because everyone refused investigations and audits. So you got a lot of people that I think will be willing to give five, 10, 50, $100 to a pack run by Trump if the messaging is done right. We're gonna uh, uh, make sure there's never election fraud again. We're gonna pick real America first candidates. Now, will they do that? That deserves to be seen, but or remains to be seen. But I think that's, you know, if I were going to bet, I'd say that's the next move. You think Republicans uh, or at least enough Republicans will go along with this post post presidency impeachment and and the barring of Trump from from running for future office? And if they want to keep their seats, they won't, because I can tell you they're going to face some really tough and very well funded primary competition. I've spoken to very high net worth donors down here in Florida, uh, nine figure net worth families in some cases who are done. They will never give another penny to the RNC, to the NRSC, to the NRCC, those congressional fundraising committees. I think if if Republicans in, in the Senate vote for removal after Trump's out of office, oh, I think it's going to be a bad, bad day for the establishment GOP. And what do you see happening now that we've got a Biden-Harris administration coming in here in a, in a few days? Are your expectations for a, you know, a a far left uh, policy onslaught, or you think that they're just going to kind of do the minimum for a while and, and see what it's like? Nah, it's worse than I thought, Buck. I'll tell you why. I mean, look, the I thought Biden was going to be relatively centrist. I thought he and, and Harris were easily viable by the corporatists, but look what he did today. I mean, they dropped the announcement from his camp. His order of the first order of business on day one, or one of the first, is going to be to cancel not just the uh, Keystone XL pipeline permits, crushing Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, but he's also canceling the cross-border permits. So he's crushing the Canadian job market. He's going to kill jobs in Canada as well as in the U.S. I mean, the premier of Alberta, Canada, is out there on Twitter today begging Biden to rethink this. It's going to cost so many jobs. So Biden, on his first day, is going to kill not only American but Canadian jobs. I think we're going even further left than any of us thought. Yeah, Keystone XL is fascinating, too, because it's just a question of where the— where the oil is going to go and who's going to use it and who's going to benefit from it. Uh, In the end, all the analysis shows that by stopping it, you don't actually stop the extraction over the long term. So so this is a this is a complete job. It's 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 pointless, except as essentially uh, climate virtue signaling. That's all it is. That's all it is. This is just virtue signaling to the climate lobby. But in reality, in fact, you're seeing accounts on Twitter 
and some Facebook pages of people who are predominant leftists saying to Biden, the they call them First Nations people in Canada. We call them Native Americans here. Many of these people were poor in Canada. They don't have the casino revenue that those tribes brought in in the U.S. The pipeline gave them jobs. It changed their lives. They're going to suffer the most. So all this liberal leftist virtue signaling about caring about minority populations went out the window to, to appease, by the way, and think about who pushes climate nonsense the most, it's the wealthy white liberals in Hollywood, New York, and DC. So I mean, in, in practice, look, look, we can do this all day, right? Murder numbers are up in Chicago, New York, DC, in, in Los Angeles, off the charts, in primarily black communities. Why? Defund the police, war on police, the police are bad, ab 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 abolish the police. Black lives don't matter to Democrats in those scenarios because it's not affluent white guys being shot and killed by each other. It's, it's young male blacks to a disproportionate degree. The hypocrisy from the left, you can tell them I'm just fired up. The hypocrisy from the left is glaring and I just can't believe our country is going down this path. John Cardillo with us now, formerly of the NYPD and, and now a conservative commentator and a man who knows a lot about what's going on you know, in front of, of eyes and behind closed doors with the GOP, too. Uh, John, to that end, what do we do now? What do you think happens? I mean, I, I'm trying to come up with the honestly, I just hadn't really made a, uh, a psychological switch to a world in which we would lose the Senate as well. Um, so mm -hmm. I thought that there would be a, a, a break on the Democrats ambitions here. It seems like we're really just going to end up relying on some Democrats not having the stomach to go forward with what their own party wants. Other than that, what do you see? What what is the the resistance here? Well, step one is you got to move to Florida and we got to hit a bar with a lot of wine and martinis. And there we this go. Out. But now, look, I, Buck, I think look, I think America's resilient. OK, I don't think this kills America. I think it sets it back. But I think we on the right people like you and I that have a voice, that have a little bit of influence, the people we socialize with, both professionally and personally from our world, we need to get very, very serious. I mean, critically serious about finding, vetting, promoting, and helping get funded good candidates. Candidates that aren't gonna get to DC, that aren't gonna be wooed and impressed with the power, who are actually gonna go there to, to reestablish constitutional values, to reestablish liberty, and to serve the constituents who put them into office. And if we don't get serious about that, then we may very well lose this nation. Because we're gonna get lost in the woods. I think we could find our way out. But if we don't wanna die in a barren wilderness, we've gotta get very, very serious about the next generation of conservative candidates. Do you see anybody who- And very serious about voter fraud. Do you see anybody who's stepping up, as anyone stepping up into, into leadership, other, you know, put put Trump aside from what you brought up a pack and and, you know, let, let's see if he even wants to run in four years, if he's a, if he can, depending on what happens in the Senate. I'm not 100 percent convinced that Republicans aren't going to aren't going to break down and and vote to to oust him from future I? office. Yeah. Who, who do you see stepping up? I mean, the, the left hates. They hate Cruz and Holly, so I feel like that's a good sign for Cruz and Holly. Uh, you just you literally took the first two names out of my mouth. I was going to say, look, Cruz and Holly are already there, right? But they're good. They're good barometers of what we want. And I would even even say we want somebody a little meaner than them. We want somebody who's a little more hardcore. Now, look, one of the biggest mistakes we've always made, I said what you've always made, but in the last few years, the 18 cycle and the 20 cycle is too many people on our side also went with fringe kind of radical QAnon, QAnon, conspiracy theorists. 
and tried to push them into office. Those people are unelectable. They're unfundable. We need the business leaders whose businesses were crushed. Maybe they were apolitical before all this started, Buck, but their businesses were crushed. They risked being able to feed their families. And now they believe wholeheartedly to their core in the free market, in conservative principles and the principles of laissez-faire economics. We need those people. We need the people who watched their neighborhoods be destroyed by the BLM and Antifa riots, who understand that law enforcement isn't the enemy. What I think we need are pragmatic candidates, because one of the exercises I always like to do is give people two arguments, don't tell them who crafted them, and see where these people come down. And oftentimes you'll find common sense minded people fall down on the conservative side, even if they believe they were a liberal their whole life. If they don't know the source, the message isn't tainted by the messenger. And oftentimes they'll go that way. And I think this, these lockdowns and the riots and the unrest and the questions about election integrity, it's made people much more pragmatic than they were. So I think it's early to say who's gonna emerge, but there's some pretty wealthy, very smart people out there that were affected. And, and I think we're going to see some decent candidates pop up in the next six months or so. John Cardillo, everybody, go uh, follow him on Twitter. Well, we're still allowed to be on Twitter, if you can, and uh, <laughs> look for more coming from him. John, great to have you on. Thanks, man. Good Thanks, to see buddy. you.